1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about digital marketing, Kostin, Johnny. Uh, I've learned a lot from you because you have awesome YouTube channel. You, you create a lot of valuable content. It's a big pleasure to learn from you. And before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to jump on this field because I read your story, but uh, probably people need to know that.
0: Right. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Excited to be here um yeah uh, just uh, a few words about myself Um, my name is julian i uh, a few years ago i founded a little company called measure school where we teach people the data-driven way of digital marketing and um, i kind of specialize in the field of tracking and analytics and um, you might have heard of tools like google analytics google tag manager data studio these are the tools that uh, we really um, love here at measure school because it they help the, the um, user as somebody who is uh, working in digital marketing to measure data, to make sense of the data, and um, to then really uh, turn data into something actionable. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, over the last few years, I have mainly been sharing content on these topics. And um, nowadays, we have a little team here at Measure School um, teaching people. We have a community that we are
1: running, and um, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Well, you you know, online, especially on your YouTube, where you have... Hundred fifty three thousand subscribers yeah it's a lot man yeah i love it okay uh you know i think digital marketing is huge it's a big topic and i often see when uh newbies wanna uh cover everything uh, i think it's not good idea it's better to pay attention with uh priorities you know to find your niche can you tell how to find your niche how to choose the right direction because we have seo paid marketing uh social media marketing content marketing a lot just uh, Tell how, how to find your niche.
0: Yeah, um, I think you need to experience a lot. Um, so when I got started with digital marketing, I think um, the the most important part was to be open to actually starting maybe with something like SEO, PPC. Obviously, you don't need to always spend money on um, marketing your website. And when you get started on it, uh, you, you need to be open to, to experience a lot of things. Some of these niches. Uh, probably will only open your uh, be open to you once you start working with certain tools and actually see the value in it. And that might not happen if you um, have just a little blog running. Maybe you need to actually work in a company or uh, work to, with a with a with a company that uh, you provide services to, for example, as a freelancer. And then you get to to find uh, like um, these different things that. Some of them might interest you more, some less. And I think when I started out, uh, I was doing a lot of SEO and I kind of, after one or two years, not that I get bored, there are always, there's so many techniques and um, SEO goes so deep into certain uh, areas. But I, when it comes down to uh, what you need to be good at it, as an SEO is like always um, trying to figure out how to get these links, how to get better content onto your website, how to stay up to date with everything that's happening uh, around Google. I was not as um, as patient, I would say, and later I moved on to PPC, where um, you have a little bit more of a predictable uh, thing in front of you where you book in keywords and so on. And but all of this kind of spanned that data was always very important. And, um, that's when I discovered at some point Google analytics, and I was really interested in, um, figuring this tool out. And later really it came to that, that a uh, moment where I found that I, um, wasn't actually able to implement a tool of Google analytics. I always had to ask the developers and then Google tag manager came around and I kind of found my niche. By um, helping other businesses to install Google Tag Manager and uh, Google Analytics through Google Tag Manager, and these all these other little tracking tools, and I built videos around it because it just fascinated me, and this is really what uh, what led me to to the niche of analytics and tracking. And I wouldn't have been gotten there if I would have uh, just said, um, "Hey, I'm going to pick something and stick with it." It was more of a journey of like trying a lot of things and and figuring them out. And maybe you like Instagram marketing or or Facebook advertising or influencer uh, marketing or so Uh, you need to try everything
1: out and, and see if it sticks for you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I can explain why. For example, when uh, I read a few interesting books and many, uh, even on blog posts, many authors proclaim that you need uh, to find where your audience is. You know, uh, I can't agree with that because, for example, if my audience is on Twitter, but I don't like to spend time on Twitter, uh, if I like more YouTube, uh, I'm pretty sure that I can find my audience on YouTube. For example, my 11 years old son he he loves uh, to post content on TikTok, so it's his social media. Uh, uh, my wife likes Instagram, so uh, they she doesn't need to cover Pinterest if she doesn't like to spend time on Pinterest. So for me, it's better to find where your uh, your loving place, where you enjoy spending yeah. time. You know? Um, yeah, and then and then you can uh, convert uh, uh, your content uh, according to preferences uh, in choosing social media. So even in B2B, you can find uh, your audience on TikTok, <laughs> just create content that uh, satisfy their intent. Okay, uh, I'm interested about uh, your YouTube channel. Can you share your insights? How you got uh, so many subscribers, you know, like uh, 153,000 subscribers? Uh, Please unhide your secrets or your methods. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, best it, it, practices.
0: Yeah, the, the best practices, just con- consistency. I've been doing it for, for a long, long time. We have been posting content since uh, 2015. And basically, once a week, a video that's what you need to do in order to grow a YouTube channel. Uh, that's the easy, easy kind of thing. Like, what do you need to do in order to uh, become rich? Uh, you need to earn money, obviously, right? So, one thing uh is you need to post content now there are some hacks and how you can do it faster and slower and so on and i wouldn't say that we are the biggest channel for um biggest channel out there obviously there are millions and millions of subscriber channels who got there really really fast and i see examples all the time of of um channels that grow way faster but in the end you want to first of all uh, make sure that you can stay consistent and bring out content consistently out. And for me at the beginning, it was just one way to consistently publish something that I learned uh, that week and that I wanted to bring out. And I wanted to also market my product a little bit because I, at that time, I already have a, had a course um, and then it kind of took on the life on its own. I didn't really look at the subscriber count. And suddenly we had 8,000 subscribers and I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. Later, I took it a little bit more seriously. What can we do um, in order to grow the channel? Obviously, thumbnails are very important because thumbnails are like ads uh, that you place on YouTube. If uh, somebody sees your ad and nobody clicks on it, then nobody will see your video. So you better have a good, good ad out there. Um, Obviously, titling is important for the search engine and so on. Uh, Researching what kind of topic you want to put into the, the YouTube channel itself. But um, it is a long journey and um, for me right now, it's probably not as the highest priority anymore as there is that kind of a I I, I don't strive to be a million subscriber YouTube channel as um, I don't I don't want to go in certain places that other have have gone right. Um, You can obviously always uh, change around your content and, 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 and make it make it about something. A very completely different, um, and, and many channels have done that. But, um, the question for me is always like, uh, there are very small, small channels out there, uh, mm-hmm. under 10,000 subscribers that way make way more money than we do through, through YouTube, just because they have found the right niche of their, I don't know, 500,000 or a thousand people that in the world would watch that content. It's such a small niche, but they have loyal uh, subscribers that write a lot of comments and so on, and they never get discovered. There's so many different channels out there that never really get discovered and pushed by the algorithm. And that might change also the algorithm on YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine. So they might change as well how they um, portray your videos. In the end, um, I wouldn't all hang it. If you want to do YouTube, you need to love it. To to produce these videos, you need to bring them out regularly, and you need to keep on going and finding um, your niche, uh, your audience, and see if it's still fun for you. And then um, you you can be successful on the platform, but um, it's it it is has all its downsides. It's the same with uh, upsides and downsides, right? And um, having a lot of subscribers sometimes also means that you have a lot of people that actually don't really know what you're talking about. They just subscribe because you have a lot of subscribers. So that Mm -hmm. is also something you can, you can kind of take into account. Um, But YouTube has been fun and they have changed a lot since uh, the days. And now we have other platforms like TikTok and so on that uh, YouTube is also under threat. Um, But I think uh, for us, YouTube was a really cool medium to get started with. And um, we'll continue uh, placing our videos on the platform. Um, communicating with our users and um, trying to trying to grow this even further a little bit, yeah.
1: Nice, nice. I think consistency works at any uh, social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok, at any places because uh, for me, uh, yeah, I, I like your insights that you don't need to chase uh, the number of subscribers. For example, I remember when Neil Patel uh, shares that uh, he uh, gets like 7 million uh, uh, traffic Uh, a month but some companies uh, get like uh, uh, 10,000 traffic a a month and uh, they are much bigger than Neil Patel Digital and other agencies because yeah uh, you don't need to chase just uh, metrics like subscribers, uh, it's better to think how uh, what kind of subscribers you have, how you yeah. can uh, get monetize your uh, efforts, you know, to get results. But anyway, uh, I wish you to get a million subscribers, even if you don't need <laughs> <get> it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's get back to um, your main direction about paid marketing. Uh, uh, how to find the right data? For example, I often see when. Um, Uh, Some companies usually open SEMrush, IHRFs, check out their competitors, learn uh, how they can uh, get traffic from uh, Google uh, ads or uh, on Facebook library we can check out. Uh, But, you know, usually competitors uh, highlight their strong sites. Yeah, Uh, Hmm. they have own unique selling proposition. Can you tell how to uh, analyze competitors, find your niche? Uh, Consider your unique selling proposition and uh, uh, use this data. Yeah, just tell more about uh, finding the right data.
0: Yeah, um, I guess uh, there's also different data uh, that is in many different uh, ways uh, attainable. And you mentioned some tools, some competitor um, uh, uh, competitor analysis tools that you can you can get some data from. But that also only shows one or the other uh, part of of Maybe PPC, if you want to book something in, or if you use SEMrush or Ahrefs for um, um, SEO competitors and so on. And that's very interesting data. You shouldn't, um, I I think, uh, depending on what you are trying to do. So if you want to try to find your niche and if you want to um, do this on the SEO side, then definitely one of these tools might help you to to analyze these uh, kind of trends that are going on. But these only show you one piece of of the puzzle, right? The piece of the puzzle in that case is what is happening on Google. And they have some data to back up your suspicion maybe. And this is is a good place to get started. But um, depending, uh, I would always look at what is the goal? Do you want to um, exactly copy what the other competitors are doing? Or do you want to, for example, uh, find your niche where you maybe are targeting um, the same people but with a different product, right? And that's when you maybe want to go into um, more of qualitative data research. So data is out there. You might see it in different tools. These are um, different numbers that you see around, floating around in, in different tools. But you can also actually ask people about what they think. Um, they uh, w- what they think of of, of a certain competitor or um, if, if they would be interested in a certain service or uh, what their interests are and so on. And that might give you a unique insights into the, your target group and how to target them. So for example, if you look into Zemrush, you might see, oh, they have a lot of traffic on this website. How did they get this um, might just be that the brand is 10 years old, right? Or they have a lot of uh, people coming through SEO and you get, you get like traffic through that as well. That's obviously something that you could do. But if you then uh, think about who are the people who actually use the service, you might say, oh, these are 11 year old or 13 year old kids. Um, let's interview and maybe ask one of them, like, how do you spend your day uh, on the Internet? And then you, you get to certain insights that might derail what you have thought before. So, for example, um, young kids are maybe more on TikTok nowadays. Why don't you Uh, market through TikTok rather than starting to try to be an SEO competitor, right? So trying to um, gather and understand the target group, first of all, really uh, is really important. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, you should gather all the data that you can get, especially for the, for the uh, different tools that you might have access to, but you shouldn't forget that there's a person behind this target audience and they have needs and um that and they spend their day, maybe in certain um, ways. And this is qualitative data that um, that that you cannot go without, right? I, I would mm-hmm. always say, and especially this this comes true when i when I think of people who build new SaaS tools or or uh, software tools, right? Sometimes the developers think, "Oh, I will just build it," and then people will come. But uh, the customer interview before you actually go in and build something and waste your whole time of, of creating a competitive product, um, actually talking to the audience is much more fruitful because you can actually find out. Does the person actually need this product? Is it something that they actually want and where do they actually hang out? Maybe there are foreign forums that they hang out, um, social, other social media platforms, or maybe they're not online and you can just uh, send them a postcard. And suddenly you're bigger than the other competitor because he has never done that. So um, many different sources, but I, I would say go to the person that's that's very um, usually very p- powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, love it. Uh, okay, uh, we have the question about sales funnel. Uh, okay. Can you share? Uh, yeah, can you share how to cover sales funnel with paid marketing? Because for organic reach, SEO we can, yeah, because yeah. we use content marketing, blog posts. But what about paid marketing? Do we need to? Find our sales funnel uh, and uh, create marketing campaigns with that, or it's better to pay attention with uh, top funnel where we actually sell products.
0: Yeah, I, I would always say um, people get sometimes hung up on uh, building better funnels, uh, build, building um, this piece of of funneling the user through. In the end, it's it's a user, and he may um, he may end up in your basket in the end. So if you're just starting out you should definitely know if your business model works, right? Does somebody um, buy and and where do you put your effort in? How much traffic do you get from that effort and how much people then buy? If you put a funnel in between that, it can be very powerful, um, but it needs to be um, then also measured correctly. So you need to know uh, if the user comes from a certain campaign. uh, If you do PPC marketing, for example, um, how much Uh, users come from there, how much do I pay for a user that comes into my funnel and how far do, um, users progress into my funnel. And then you probably need to retarget those people again, if they jump off from your funnel. Um, so funnel funnels are something that you can think about, but I would say it's not the first step. It's, it's something that, uh, you should be thinking about maybe down the line when, when you're starting to optimize your website as well
1: hmm. OK, got it. Uh, let's talk about uh, creating landing page, how to personalize okay. la- landing page. Yeah. Provide more insights about that. Yeah. Um,
0: how to personalize landing page. So in the end, um, there, there are different personalization techniques. So first of all, if you know exactly who is looking at your web page, you can obviously um, make the, the landing page more personalized by saying, OK, I'm I'm talking to this target audience, to women uh, in their forties right now. So maybe I shouldn't be using certain words in the copy that, um, only young people understand or, um, put imagery Mm -hmm. in that is appealing to this target audience. Right now, this is not really just personalization. It's just optimization of your landing page to the target audience. But if you want to do a real personalization, so you're talking to a person Mm -hmm. on the website itself, then you need to have um, some data on them so you can identify them. So that would mean, um, let's say somebody comes to your website and he opts into a email, um, email opt-in that you have on your website. Right now, the next email that you can send them is, for example, a survey, and you can ask them a few questions of like, Hey, how old are you? Or in which age bracket are you? How much money do you earn? Um, do you, um, I don't know, uh, uh where do you live? And, and all of these, mm-hmm. these different questions that might help you to learn about this specific customer. And then when the user um, through personalization software, you can use software for this, like right message, for example, Mm -hmm. you can send a user back to your website and then you can um, change the headline around and say like, okay, everybody who is a woman, I will actually change that. headline around um, to, I don't know, (laughs) something that that, Or the image, the image on the, on the, on the landing page, I'm going to change it around to show an actual woman, woman to personalize it for this target audience. So everybody who came to your website before and has um, opted into your email and uh, you have asked and identified, ah, this is a woman you actually show a different image to than somebody who comes randomly to the, um, the, the, the landing page itself. And that is called um, uh, personalization. You can make this um, uh, better and better, obviously, the more data you have on, on the user and the more you want to build variations for different um, types of, of people out there. This can be very um, persuasive when you, for example, somebody comes from an ad from a different country, right? Um, they come from Turkey uh, to your website. You could automatically switch the language to Turkish, Uh, that's already an optimization in the end, uh, a personalization for the user who just came to the website. If you find out that the person who came to your website is from a certain um, city like Berlin, uh, where I'm at right now. So Berlin, Mm -hmm. um, you would say, um, well, find, um, I don't know, find um, hairdressers in Berlin. And mm-hmm. then I would think, oh, this is relevant to me and therefore it's a relevant ad. I click on it and then I come uh, to the landing page where it also says, uh, and it has a nice picture of Berlin and it says, um, find hairdressers in Berlin. And I would think, or yeah, I would think, oh, this is a website that is specifically made for Berlin, although it's just personalized to uh, the data points that they have on me. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how you yeah. personalize a landing page. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think we have many different techniques. It's better to test them out. Yeah. Uh, OK, okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, automation tools. Uh, what do you think? Uh, do we need to use automation tools that can help to create headlines, descriptions, uh, uh, considering huh. your uh, keywords or uh, it's better to provide this job manually?
0: You mean like um, like AI or writing tools? Yeah, yeah, we
1: can yeah. use
0: AI. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so AI writing tools, uh, do you need to use them? I guess, um, from a perspective of creating content, uh, very fast, maybe you want to look into that. I, the people that I follow, the people that I know about, they always tell me that, um, this actually the, the tools, you need to learn the tools as well. You cannot just, uh, press and then it does it all for you. And, and, and you, you at least need to read them and say like, yeah, I like this. I like, don't like this and you might need to change something around. So, for example, for a blog post, they can help you write blog posts faster, but they cannot replace you writing blog posts just yet. Maybe in the future that will be possible. But um, I don't I don't uh, I haven't seen the proof yet that somebody says that is a professional copywriter or professional blog writer says like I'm only doing everything through this tool because it's automatic and I don't have to do any work anymore, right, because then he wouldn't be Paid as a as a blog writer anymore. I would just uh, get the tool. That's like kind of the um, mm-hmm. my my uh, my take on this this whole automating um, thing. I mean, automation goes on in many many different um, industries now, uh, where where bids are automated in in PPC or um, certain data points are 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 crunched uh, by by machine learning algorithms mm-hmm. and. There's always like something that is coming definitely, and it will be the future. It will give us more opportunity to do maybe the hard stuff of coming up with a strategy, for example, um, but until they are, until they are really automated and you can trust the automation, uh, it will take some time. And I would say for now, you still need to always control what is the machine actually doing in the background, um, to, to ensure that you
1: get the right results. A 100%. Yeah, yeah, I I use I, AI tools. I use okay. a lot. <laughs> but you know, okay. I check out manually. I edit yeah. all getting results. Uh because I can't rely to uh, getting data. I need to check it out. Sometimes I get nonsense, full nonsense. Sometimes nonsense, I can yeah. get uh, yeah, good results. And if you edit, you know, uh yeah, it saves so much time if you edit, then if you write yourself from scratch, you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have the question about uh, the future of uh, paid marketing. What okay. kind of future can you predict right now, forecast? <laughs> okay, for the paid um, marketing, yeah, okay, the whole industry.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 the full industry, um, digital marketing, paid marketing. So. One thing that uh, that trends are out there, uh, the first one is privacy, right? Uh, Mm. Privacy has become more important over the years, especially in Europe. Uh, People are tired of getting followed around and industries. But also on the legal side, it gets harder to measure data from um, customers and then using that data. Um, So you need to have consent. And if you don't have full consent, then it's always hard to uh, or it makes it harder. Now, uh, what we will see because of that is that we may not be able to easily set up a paid marketing campaign anymore because we are not retargeting enough users as not as many users have actually given us consent to remarket them. So um, privacy is a big issue. What will happen is that Google, for example, already announced they want to phase out uh, cookies, which is a really big part of technology in, in the digital marketing space. And therefore a lot will be reliant on, um, machine learning or gathering data points outside of our website or what we actually have in the marketing field. So I predict that marketing might get a little bit more, um, well, unpredictive. We will not be able to, to, to look at data and say, okay, tomorrow I will have 50 conversions because, uh, I have turned on this and this in this campaign, uh, you will not see the, the causal effect uh, that much anymore and the data will just be a little bit um, harder to read. At the same time, um, there was, these these marketing techniques will still be effective. We just need to be trusting them a lot more, right? So you need to come in, in into the system and say, uh, I give trust to you, Google, to bring me leads, for example. Um, it's not as much as hard work or it will still be work and hard work maybe, but in a different level because the machines will take over some of the parts of that, um, from us. And my prediction in the end, uh, is that, um, we will be doing less. Uh, we will be doing more with less, um, work because the, the systems might take over some stuff. And we need to trust the tools uh, because we are not able to um, control everything in the future mm-hmm. when it comes to digital marketing. So it's kind of a new paradigm because I entered the, uh, the digital marketing world because I found it so fascinating suddenly that I can see all this data. Right. Uh, if you previously did a TV advertising or in a newspaper advertising, you were not able to really see data coming through um now with the in the digital marketing field we're actually able to see where data is um is flowing into the system and that will kind of become a little bit harder in in, in the
1: next years i think yeah nice okay uh, i have the last question because before the webinar you asked me about my audience and uh, some of them uh, wanna learn they wanna be uh, experts like you uh, in one day, shiny day. Can you tell uh, where to start, what to learn, what kind of books to read, which courses <laughs> to take to be an expert like you? Right. So the
0: first uh, thing I would say, and I, I cannot uh, recommend really any books uh, because books are sometimes outdated um, due to the fact that uh, the technology always changes. Um, in terms of what, uh, the internet has given us and what is easier than ever before, and what, what you are doing right now is creating content, right? So if you learn anything and actually, um, teach other people about it, then you learn it on a different level. And yeah. the internet gives us the opportunity to, um, produce something. And there's, there's great mediums out there, like video podcast, uh, writing. Uh, you can do a TikTok nowadays, uh, a short video. Um you can just snap a, a, a picture as well and put a, a title on it. Anything that you have learned, that's when you start producing. And when you produce, you have questions. And these questions can obviously um, be a source of inspiration to what learn next. So, for example, if I wanted to push my Instagram profile and want to have more followers, how do I actually do that, right? And you would Google for it. And there would be some interesting facts about that. You could watch some YouTube videos. Um, you, could, you could follow some gurus that are out there that, that, that actually teach it. If you're interested in um, uh, yeah, ha- having a good YouTube channel, where do you do this? And there are always experts in every field that give out already free content that you can consume and get started with. Um, as somebody who loves technology, I think um, having a website is really, really important to have somewhere where you can drive people to and have them sign up to a newsletter, um, and, and get started to actually building your own audience outside of maybe the different traditional platforms that are out there. And that makes you already an expert in something. Um, now, maybe not in the field of tracking and tracking field, uh, getting started would be a little bit different. But, um, I think the first thing is the mindset of like, okay, if I want to expose myself to it, then I have to do this myself. A lot of this is practice. It's not uh, reading books or following some, some guy on Instagram. It's much more, I need to try this out myself and see what comes of it. And you can delete your videos later on, or you can, you can uh, change around the topic itself. So, um, for me, it was, that's when my career really started. When I started publishing, uh, regularly. I actually did a, the podcast at the beginning and yeah, after 20 episodes, I didn't like it anymore because getting guests on is sometimes pretty hard. Um, but then I started the YouTube thing and I kind of liked it a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of the, the thing that you, um, uh, can think about, like what will you produce today in order to make, uh, make, yeah, uh, further your career in digital marketing, what yeah, can you do nice, today?
1: Nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's better to find your format. If you dislike podcasts, go to YouTube. If you dislike YouTube, write blog posts. It's up to you, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you, uh, and I, I couldn't agree more that when you shared about, uh, uh when you learn something, just share with others, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to memorize because we forget so fast you know yeah. when I, I've learned something I can forget for a few days about this but when I share when I help others when I can discuss it yeah I can yeah. memorize much better okay thanks a lot Julian it's a big pleasure to get you on my show to learn from you tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you
0: yeah sure um we at measureschool.com on there you'll find all the resources also our video archive and as well uh, our little program that we have if you want to really become a tracking expert. We have a program called Measure Masters that you can check out as well. And uh, maybe something uh, that if you want to learn all about uh, digital marketing, no, uh, if you want to learn all about the the tracking from actual experts, uh, we are actually running a conference in October. So this will be a little bit later in the year uh, where you can get a free ticket. This is all online at measuresummit.com.
1: Mm-hmm. nice nice okay guys you can find all these links in the description below listen to us on apple google spotify thanks a lot yeah yeah i love Thank it uh th- that's cool to g- to have this fun chat you know to uh connect with you and okay guys thanks for listening and watching us thanks for listening to
0: this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use